The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio on this beautiful Saturday, August 22nd. Wow. It's going, like every week I say, this year is going by like crazy. Um, You know, and it's been quite a year. I mean, I I would like to see it leave as quickly as possible. (laughs) So, uh, welcome to the show, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And um, let me uh, give you some uh, rundown on who's going to be our guest today before we launch into our our news, because we've got a lot of things to talk about today. We've got a lot of stuff. We've got some good, good guests for you. We've got uh, the state uh, Republican Party uh, chairman. Alan West. Uh, Alan has become uh, a real good friend of mine. I was giving him a hard time the other day trying to figure out, do I call you Lieutenant Colonel? Do I call you Chairman? Do I call you Alan? What do I call you? Uh, really, uh, th- our, our conversation is going to be very, very interesting to you because we're ta- we're chatting about, uh, uh, you know, this whole situation in, in Texas of... Uh, that's uh, getting swept up in, in uh, some of these uh, communities are getting swept up, Austin in particular, of uh, defunding the police. Uh, we're going to be chatting about that. We're going to be chatting about the mail-in vote. That has become a big one this week as well. Um, then we've got uh, Dan Lyman, uh, another good friend, uh, chatting with us all the way from Europe. Uh, Dan, is uh, he writes for uh, InfoWars in Europe, and he has his own blog and, and uh uh, magazine and uh, Dan's going to be chatting with us because uh, very interesting uh, immigration issue that's going on in Great Britain. Great Britain, for those of you that don't know, was you know was a huge empire. Uh, you know, the empire upon the which the sun never set, as they used to say in Victorian years, in Victorian during the Victorian era. Um, well, you know, it's no longer that's the case, uh, obviously. But uh, Great Britain still. Uh, is very kind to its former colonies. It allows uh, for uh, almost free uh, and open immigration from its former colonies to uh, to Great Britain. Uh, however, however, in the past few months, they have seen an uptick of po- folks coming in uh, to Great Britain who are not from former colonies. And uh, one of the things that was, uh, you know, that that uh, in talking to to a, a friend who is a British subject that lives here in Texas is that uh, Britain has always looked at its former colonies as having uh, a common thread uh, regarding justice, regarding culture. Uh, however, definitely that's not the case with these folks that are coming in new. Um, the ones that are overrunning uh, Europe. So um, uh, we'll chat with Dan about that whole situation. The other person, uh, our final guest, is, is uh, sheriff, former Sheriff Richard Mack, another good buddy of mine, uh, who is also president of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. And I wanted to talk to, to, uh, to Richard, to Sheriff Mack, about the uh, issue of um, the constant, uh, how sheriffs are, are, are on the front lines, really, as law enforcement to uh, protect the, uh, 
the Constitution, uh, the constitutional rights of citizens, as well as they are now facing a situation where, uh, as uh, as cities, uh, as local governments defund police departments, which are part of the municipal government, as they defund that, uh, sheriffs are having to take uh, up the slack. And, uh, you know, he has uh, some very, very strong views on that. So I, I, I hope that you'll stick around and listen to him. I, and th- this whole situation with, uh, with the police departments has gone, has gone haywire and crazy, my friends. It's absolutely. Uh, let me give you some quick uh, rundowns on, on immigration issues, um, immigration news, and other news, because uh, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on that, uh, that uh, I want to cover with you real quick. Uh, first of all, in immigration news, uh, during the uh, during the the uh, Democrat uh, convention this past week, uh, one of the things that Biden spoke about that was downplayed. It's amazing to me how a lot of stuff was downplayed by the uh, by the news media. Uh, I guess they want to paint they want they want you to view Democrats in as nice a view uh, uh, as possible. So anyway. Uh, one of the things that uh, Biden was talking about but ha- has been that he wants to create a nationwide sanctuary. What he wants to do is, uh, when he becomes president, if he becomes president, heaven forbid, but when he becomes president and if he becomes president, he wants to put an end to a law known as Section 80, uh, 287G that allows local governments, cities and, and counties, to aid in immigration law enforcement. You know, these are this would these are the laws that that end up forbidding law enforcement, local law enforcement folks, from uh, uh, cooperating with with ICE, uh, with immigration officials, and uh, we have seen the results of those in in many communities where the the crime has been spiked uh, because uh, criminal aliens gravitate to those to those areas because they know that. Uh, you know they'll get picked picked up by the uh, police. They'll do bond, and then they're out. And they're gone. You know, so uh, th- this is what what Biden wants to do. He wants to get rid of uh, of, of this law so that there is no uh, cooperation with uh, with ICE. That's dangerous, my friends. That is dangerous. And again, it shows it shows how the Democrats are uh, pro lawbreakers. I'm not going to say criminals because. In some cases, they're petty criminals, but you know, uh, they are pro uh, breaking the laws. They favor people who break the laws. I'm sorry, that's I don't know how, how else to put it. Whether it's crossing the uh, the uh, uh, the Rio Grande illegally, or whether it's somebody that has uh, stolen, you know, a uh, hundred dollars worth of uh, of cash or goods from your store. They, you know, they view uh, crime uh, in degrees and excuse it because it's never the fault of the end of the criminal. It's never it's it, it, they're victims of society. So, uh, you know, I, I, it, another reason to 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 really get worried about the other thing that re- that really, really uh, uh, was uh, glaring in this whole situation with the um, uh, sanctuary with the uh, Democrat convention was how blatantly. <laughs> They lied and uh, played with the facts. I'll put it that way. Okay. For example, Barack Obama uh, on uh, <clears throat> on Wednesday went on and on about um, uh, how uh, terrible Trump has uh, done things. Uh, his administration has done this badly, has done that badly, 
and and one of the things that he he talked about was you know the immigration the the children the immigrant children and you know this bozo I'm sorry this president former president goes on and and, and forgets and ignores the fact that he is the one that created the uh, the cages he is the one the so-called cages he is the one that separated families because we didn't know whether or not they were real families I you know be honest what does it hurt to be honest but uh, no no uh, you know heaven forbid heaven forbid that they that they go against their narrative um, changing the, the topic a little bit, let's talk about state and local situations or t- state and local issues. Uh, one of the things that has um, happened uh, here uh, recently, uh, I believe it was on Thursday, the, um, no, it was on Tuesday, the uh, three top political uh, officials of the state of Texas, Governor Abbott, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Texas House Speaker Dennis Bonham, they made an announcement where they proposed legislation that will freeze the tax, the uh, property tax revenue of any city that defunds or abolishes its police department. Now that sounds very, very bold. It sounds very, very good. Uh, I, you know, I applaud it. It's a good threat. Uh, as we all know, municipalities and counties, but municipalities live off the property revenues. That's what that's where they make most of their money, property taxes. And uh, if those property taxes were frozen, particularly for a city that uh, is growing, and, most, and uh, all of these cities in Texas are growing by leaps and bounds, if that happened, my friends, that would really create a problem for uh, the spend, the spenders, uh, at City Hall. It would really create a problem for them. And so it's a good idea. But ultimately, my friends, ultimately, the answer to uh, the local government is in the hands of local citizens. You know, the governor, the governor, the lieutenant governor, the uh, uh, speaker, the uh, attorney general of Texas all can step in. They can all make rulings. They can all make statements. But it doesn't do us any good if the people, if the local people keep electing these liberals uh, to local office, it doesn't do us any good because they keep coming, they, they keep com- we keep coming back to the same pick trough. I mean, it doesn't do us any good. So uh, if, if citizens really want change, they're going to have to go to the, uh, they're going to have to go to the, to, to the voting booth and vote out these clowns. That's what they need to do. Uh, another issue that uh, popped up this past week uh, that that really, really is, you know, it's disturbing because it really doesn't do anything. Uh, one of the things that we reported last week was that there has been a substantial, a substantial spike in violence, violent crime, uh, in the past four months in cities across the nation, but San Antonio ranks San Antonio and Austin rank number one and number two in the nation in the nation of the spike in violence. Nevertheless, nevertheless, this uh, we've got uh, we've got leftists here in tech, here in San Antonio and in Austin who are promoting the idea of limiting the police department of limiting uh, of defunding the police department of limiting their their authority. 
incredible, my friends. It is incredible. The public safety of people is is at stake. Literally, the public safety of people is at stake. And what continues to happen, my friends, what continues to happen is that the local liberal news, the San Antonio Express here in town, as well as the the uh, doggone TV stations, they go out of their way, my friends, to justify, to excuse and justify this argument to defund the police. My friends, as I have said before, and I will say it again, my friends, I have said it before and I will say it again. I was born and raised in San Antonio, and as Steve Martin was, uh, or in, in South Texas, I was born in Laredo, raised in San Antonio. But as Steve Martin would say, I was born a brown child, a poor brown child. Yeah, I was born in public housing. But my friends, I have never, never been disrespected by a police officer or a border patrol agent. And the reason, the only reason I can think of is because I've never, first of all, tried to break the law. I've never been around somebody who's broken breaking the law. And secondly, when I am in contact with any of these gentlemen and ladies, when I am in contact with any law enforcement representative, I do my best to be polite, to be civil. And this is something that is so, so difficult for, for, for uh, uh, young people nowadays who are arrogant and uh, think that they know what's, what's real. Uh, it's terrible. My friends, let's uh, take our break, and we'll be right back with our first guest, Alan West, Chairman Alan West, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Call your friends. Stay tuned. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of free burning. All right, folks, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer, and we've got uh, my very good friend, I can actually say that, uh, the new chairman of the state of Texas's Republican Party, which is, in my opinion, the most powerful uh, Republican organization in the nation, uh, and Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. And uh, I wanted to get him on because uh, he has now become uh, chairman during a period... Well, I, I'm not sure exactly how we can describe what we're going through right now. And uh, there he is in Austin, and Austin turns around and uh, defunds the police. And uh, so, uh, chairman, thank you for taking time to be with us. I know how busy you are. 
Um, what uh, what are the uh, what are the the immediate issues that you're that you're concentrating on right now? I mean, we've got uh, a national Republican convention coming up, but we also have um, Republican uh, uh, officials that need our support, that need uh, uh, help, and uh, we've got uh, I mean, we've got communities that are on the verge of uh, well collapse. I can say that. I mean, Austin just yeah. doesn't seem to be. What? what uh, where are your focuses right now, sir? tell you the most important focus for us and it's a pleasure to be with you George is to help and enable the Republicans in the great state of Texas to all be on the same sheet of music to be able to focus to have message discipline and that's why one of the things that I promised I would do and that we're following up on is every single Monday we put out the chairman's message point on the texasgop.org website we put it out on social media so that we can you know be able to go out there and talk with that unified voice and of course uh, we want to make sure that it is time timely and relevant. And so this week's message point was all about the rule of law versus the rule of the mob. And we talked about the decision that was made by the city council in Austin to defund uh, their police office by $150 million and give that money over to social services to include abortion services. So think about this. Uh, for the city of Austin, which is controlled by Stephen Adler, and you know one of the city council members is an avowed socialist, a member of the Democrats socialists of america they have said to the citizens in austin texas our capital city that their safety and security is less important than them funding the murder of unborn babies and up to this point we have seen a 60 percent increase in crime in austin texas now imagine what's going to happen after this decision to take more police officers off the street and i can guarantee you there are going to be other police officers they're going to quit that force because they see that they have a city council that is working against them so that's the type of thing we want to do and also we want to focus on keeping people enthused keeping people energized inspired because registering people to vote is so important but then we got to activate folks to get out there and to vote and we've got to make sure you know i get around the state and look at people eyeball to eyeball to talk about our vision and what we want uh, texas to look like we don't want it to look like austin oh no kidding uh, let me ask you this also, because now that you're chairman, I mean, you've got even higher visibility than you did before. Um, you know, like in my case, uh, I'm sure in your case, in my case, I'm told uh, by the Democrats and by the left uh, leftist folks that uh, I somehow am not Hispanic enough because I don't support the leftist agenda. <laughs> Um, what, uh, you know, uh, how do you respond to the criticisms uh, leveled against you as a, as a black in, uh, American? Well, how condescending and offensive that people would believe that your ethnicity or your skin color is supposed to dictate how your brain functions. As a matter of fact, we remember <laughs> that uh, the Democrat nominee, Vice President Joe Biden, said you ain't black if you are not voting for him, which, again, that is offensive to me. But think about this, George. Uh, you, you have really given me an incredible honor, but our Republican Party of Texas was founded on Independence Day of 1867 by 150 black men. And I am not the first black chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. I'm the third black chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. So when everyone is talking about racism and all of this, I mean, I'm happy to put a side-by-side -side comparison of the Republican Party, which was founded in 1854 on one issue, which was to end slavery. And 
and the record of the Democrat Party when it comes to the uh, black community. When you look at the decimation of the black community, the, the lack of education opportunities, economic opportunities, the destruction of the traditional nuclear black family, all of those ills that are happening in all of the major urban population centers across the United States of America, they've been controlled by Democrats for 60 to 70 years. So if there's a message that I can send is that come on back home to the to the party that was founded by the black community and how you know disingenuous and how absolutely ludicrous was the response of the Texas Democrat Party uh, after I became chairman their first their first press release called me a racist so <laughs> that shows you yeah I, I mean you just have to laugh it just shows you how lacking they are of any intellectual rigor whatsoever. They can't debate the issues, so they just go to the name calling. But let me let me just say this in, in real quick, George. My message to the Hispanic community, the Latino community here in Texas, is very simple. Look at what Democrats have done to the black community. In just the last 50 to 60 years, the, the Hispanic community is next because the Democrats have to have a victim class, a class that's dependent upon them. And sadly, we are helping in the black community because we have these faux leaders, you know, that call themselves Reverend this or Reverend that. We are helping enabling that. Here in, in, in the state of Texas, you have the second largest uh, abortion uh, mill, if you want to call it that, in the world. That's Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast Chapter in Houston, Texas. The black community nationally in America, George, represents 13% of the population. The black community nationally is 35% of the murder of unborn babies in the country. We're talking about a genocide that nobody wants to talk about. And oh, by the way, if you want to talk about white supremacy and racism, Margaret Sanger, who founded Planned Parenthood, was an avowed racist uh, who referred to blacks as undesirables and weeds. So I'm happy to have that conversation with the left. Oh, wow. Uh, Those are great points. Those are great, great points. Let me ask you this uh, last point, uh, because yesterday, uh, or should I say on uh, Tuesday uh, of this week, the the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the speaker of the Texas House, all Republicans, came out with a, uh, uh, a proposal for legislation to uh, uh, freeze the um, property taxes of cities that defund the police departments. And we know how important property taxes are to, uh, to local jurisdictions. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I don't want us to, to see, you know, freezing property taxes or lowering property taxes as a means of punishment. But I, I do commend them for, for, you know, at least taking a stand against what we see happening in Austin, uh, whether or not freezing property taxes is a great way to do that. But I think the most important thing is for the people in Austin, Texas, to rise up. You know, we uh, have seen the Austin Independent School District that came out and voted for uh, a, a sex education curriculum that is pornographic in nature, even though that was against the, the desires of the constituents there in Austin. Now we know that they don't care for the, uh, the protection of the citizens there. So I think the most important thing that you know I can do and other leaders within the Republican Party can do is talk to the people in Austin and say, do you want your city to resemble Portland? Do you want it to resemble Seattle? Well, then help 
you know, join with us to eliminate and get rid of this failed bunch of so-called elected officials who are taking you down that path. We want tech, with the capital of Texas to look like a city in Texas. And so I, I don't want us to believe that, you know, lowering property taxes or freezing property taxes is a punishment. I think that's a, a good policy as far as tax relief to our citizens. But something has to be done to send a message to Stephen Adler. You got it. I, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more because I think that ultimately it's up to the local voters to uh, to uh, to uh, get uh, to address the issue with the uh, local elected officials. I mean, they're the ones uh, that uh, you know elected them or stayed home and and elected them. <laughs> Either way you look at that's it, that's right. You know. Uh, that, that's You're right. absolutely right, and, and and I don't know the the rules for recalling the mayor of Austin, but I tell you what, uh, I think it's time for the people there in the city of Austin to demand that Stephen Adler be removed, as well as those members of the city council that have put their lives and their livelihoods. Look at Sixth Street downtown Austin supposedly the live music capital of the world is nothing but boarded up bars and, and businesses where no one's going downtown Austin anymore. And the fact that uh, three weeks ago you had 11 buses of Antifa Black Lives Matter, uh, the mob dropped off in Austin, and the Mayor Adler said nothing about that, he does not need to be leading a city in the state of Texas. Uh, yep, you got it. Obviously he's not leading it. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, thank you very much. Chairman, thank you very, very much for joining us today. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add before we go? No, please just uh, follow us at TexasGOP.org and remember that we are the storm. You got it. Thank you very much. We've been talking with uh, Texas State Republican Chairman uh, and Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. This is George Rodriguez on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And uh, we've got uh, our good friend Dan Lyman all the way from uh, Switzerland, I believe. You're still in Switzerland, right, Dan? That's correct. Yep, in in Europe. And... uh, he, uh, we, we chat with him from time to time to give us an update of what's happening with immigration in Europe because a lot of what happens in, in, in Europe affects us, impacts on uh, the United States as well. So um, one of the things, Dan, that I recently wrote about, or uh, read about, should I say, uh, that I read about was this situation in England where apparently uh, the folks in Britain are getting tough on illegal immigration, and uh, they're returning people. Um, what what can you tell us about that and any other uh, issues related to immigration that are going on in, in Europe? Sure. Well, it's always good to be back with you, George. Uh, I can tell you that we've been covering this situation here, uh, this budding situation in the English Channel for a couple of years now, as it's been getting progressively worse, and this year it's a total explosion, uh, as Nigel Farage calls it. He has been calling it an invasion for a while, and that is a very apt term. Um, and at this point, it has gotten so bad that some of the politicians in, um, in France and the U.K., have been forced to step up their rhetoric and make more of a show of caring about the situation as they've kind of been really hands-off about it, uh, even though thousands upon thousands of migrants have now poured across the English Channel in last in the last recent months. Um, so uh, they have been stepping up the rhetoric. However, as uh, El 
also has Farage said recently, don't hold your breath. Uh, they, they talk about uh, sending some back. Uh, it is very, very rare that any get sent back. Um, and they also talk about uh, paying France more to keep them trapped in France, essentially. Um, but uh, I don't really believe any of the rhetoric. that They've really made no efforts to stop these people. And on the contrary, they've actually made a lot of efforts to aid in this situation in terms of uh, facilitating it on both sides of the water. Now, what happens is a lot of these migrants have been uh, making their way through Europe or they were previously in France, and uh, they see the situation as better for them in the U.K. So what they do is they make their way to the region of Calais, which is, uh, has gotten quite famous with the illegal migration situation in recent years. Some might be famous, uh, familiar with the famous or infamous Calais jungle where um, hundreds or thousands of migrants would camp out. Uh, basically uh, unimpeded by the French government and they would eventually make their way by breaking into the tractor trailers or cars crossing uh, crossing the water uh, underneath in the channel or in other methods by uh, getting aboard boats and in recent years they've actually just made an entire business, an entire industry, these human traffickers of uh, bringing the migrants across the water uh, at the Strait of Dover, which is approximately 20 miles, if not a little bit less. It's actually swimmable, as some might know, uh, for professional swimmers. So if you have a reasonably seaworthy uh, vessel, you can make it across the channel in a few hours. And uh, what's been happening is, in recent, uh, in recent months, uh, it has come to light that the French Navy has essentially been escorting these boats by following them uh, out of French waters, and as basically as soon as they hit UK waters, the UK border force will send out their ships to quote unquote rescue the migrants from their boats and take them aboard and bring them the rest of the way and bring them into the country. And the video evidence uh, of this has been uh, increasing, uh, thanks very much in part to Nigel Farage, who has uh, refashioned himself as an investigative reporter and he has been covering this for a while now and has basically exposed the operation as being uh, a total uh, greasing of the skids by both governments and uh, has recently also revealed that when they do reach uh, UK soil, they are loaded into coach buses and brought into the interior of the country and uh, in many cases now they're being put up in uh, pretty reasonably nice hotels. Uh, so the, the scam and the scandal, uh, they grows crazier and crazier by the day the more that we find out. Wow. Now, <clears throat> two things here. Um, first of all, uh, in the past, um, England allowed, because of its colonial possessions, allowed people that lived in their colonial possessions uh, to enter the country, um, you know, automatically. Uh, I would imagine that these folks that are crossing uh, are not um, uh, former uh, colonial subjects. Uh, where are they coming from? And then secondly, uh, what about the infection of COVID or anything of the nature? Well, those are both great questions. Um, to my knowledge, the vast majority, if not 99% of these people are not coming from former UK, British colonies. Um, what was interesting was last year when it really started to pick up every single story, because a lot of the times you had to pick up this information as it was filtered through the UK media and uh, the UK officials, because it was a very kind of a hush-hush operation, and it, you know they would say, oh, three, three boats landed today or were picked up and migrants are rescued, and, and virtually every time they would all say that they were from either Iran or Iraq, and 
Um, what my suspicion is is that they are coached to say that because it gives them the greatest chance of being able to apply successfully for asylum once they reach UK soil. But what's happened recently is uh, it's basically a free-for-all. No one's being turned back, and they know this. So uh, recently I, there was about 100 migrants that arrived on a variety of different boats in one day, and I counted something like 12 different nationalities being reported uh, as, the, as their origins. Uh, and whether or not that, that was the truth, I don't know. Maybe there were more, um, maybe more nationalities involved, but um, they, mostly from Africa and the Middle East in general. What does the UN, what does the UN and the EU say about uh, these migrants, these so-called migrants? Well, the most recent statement that I saw from the from the UN on the matter is because uh, some politicians in the UK have are responding uh, with quite increased rhetoric, saying that basically the Navy needs to get involved, they need to make this kind of a military operation, uh, declare a national emergency on the on the sea there, and uh, really deal with it in, in that way. And the UN countered and said, no, it's, it's a manageable drip of migrants coming across, and there's no need for the military to get involved. Um, so, you know, the UN is definitely interfering in this operation in any way uh, that it should be um, prevented or slowed down. Uh, they're making sure that that does not happen, and it, it is increasing. Uh, every week or two, there is a, a daily record set, and the largest uh, crossing that I saw recently was just the other day. It was 235 migrants in 17 boats uh, was last week was the largest number. That was in a single day. And that's just what's on record and just what's reported by the government. There are plenty of migrants who also make it to the shore without being detected if they come at the right hour or if the border force are busy picking up others uh, in, the, in the sea there. So um, it is just an endless flow, thousands upon thousands. Uh, last year, the record was close to 2,000. That was a new annual record. And this year, they've blown past. 2,000. They're looking at more like seven to 10,000 on the record this year. My goodness. I mean, you know, uh, that still pales in comparison to uh, the almost a million that were intercepted uh, at our border, but still that is a, that is a very high number for, uh, for, for England. I mean, who it's just not used to uh, illegal immigration at this, at this rate. Uh, what uh, what do you think we, we should learn or we can take away from this as far as Americans go? Well, I, you know, I was pondering that because I knew you'd ask, and uh, what can we learn from this? And I think the real takeaway, and, and I encourage your, your um, listeners to go to our website, uh, europewars.com, and you can go under our uh, English channel hashtag and read some of the stories that we've been doing. And you can see that uh, the governments are complicit in this operation. They are actively working to bring these people across, to allow them to cross. They put every uh, allowance in place to allow them to do so. Um, so what Americans can learn is that our governments are working against us, and it's not just uh, in, in the U.K. and France. It's, of course, uh, been like that in the United States for years, in Germany, in Sweden, um, Australia. Everyone can, can look into what their own governments are doing and find that, that our own governments are working against us to bring in more migrants, in, and they're working in conjunction with NGOs and activists who are uh, making sure that that happens on the ground. So I think that the real takeaway is that our governments are working against us, and there are very few who are standing in the gap to prevent this from happening. That's incredible. You know, that's 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 absolutely outrageous and, and just incredible. Uh, is there any uh, a, 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 any site any anything in sight that will curtail or stop 
uh, these um, this migration? I don't think so. Not at the moment. There is little political will. There is certainly will uh, from the voters and from the citizens of, of European countries to put an end to this. If you look at the polling that's done, uh, sometimes in very large sample sizes, I've cited uh, polls that have been conducted of 35,000 Europeans, and that would be 1,000 Europeans from 35 different countries. Uh, polls of that size, uh, where the number one issue or number two in every single country is immigration and mass migration, and uh, and the way that those those issues will affect the, the citizens of these countries. So the will is in the people, but it is not uh, politically um, at the political level. There are, of course, politicians who are rising to the forefront uh, across Europe, but with with major major obstacles in front of them. I do anticipate, for instance, uh, that Marine Le Pen uh, she she could do better the next election as it comes around because France is is really hitting a crisis point at this point. Um, the violence in the streets at this point that typically involves migrants and Antifa uh, is is just explosive at this point. I, I see a story just about every single day of police patrols in France being ambushed by groups of migrants who are armed with weapons and, and fireworks and uh, other sorts of explosives. So the police there are totally under siege. And, and you better believe that, that the, the citizens there on the ground, they know what's going on. So for, that's one you know, uh, case study as to what we can look forward to in the coming elections. So um, as the situation gets worse, the, the political will from the voting bloc will definitely be, be stronger to put an end to this. But uh, I don't see an end in sight if the leadership will not agree to that. Wow. Dan, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Tell the folks how they can uh, read more from you or, or follow you. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at Citizen Analyst. You can find me on uh, EuropeWars.com, NewsWars.com. I'm writing fresh articles every day. And also, of course, we recently launched BorderHawk.News, where we're focusing strictly on immigration-related issues. And we are featuring some of your articles and videos there as well. So people can go there to get a broad uh, spectrum uh, look at what the news is in immigration on a daily basis. Uh, also, in, with a section that we have for Europe set aside as well, they can see what's going on. Europe. Excellent. Thank you very, very much. We've been talking with Dan Lineman all the way from uh, Switzerland and Europe. And this is once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer, and we've got my uh, very good friend, uh, Richard Mack, former uh, 
sheriff in Arizona talking to us from Arizona, and I wanted to reach out to to uh, to him because uh, he's uh, president of uh, of an organization of uh, constitutional sheriffs uh, and law enforcement. I believe is the name of the um, of the organization, Richard. But I wanted you to talk to us about this this whole, the insanity that we've got to deal with right now of uh, cities. Uh, defunding uh, police departments, and um, you know what? Uh, what? How do we protect the constitutional rights of folks if uh, there's no law enforcement? Well, and, and I'm not positive that they're after no law enforcement, but it sure seems like uh, some of the rhetoric is saying that. Oh well, there's no question. It doesn't seem like it. It is absolutely saying that. Uh, so. Uh, I was hoping that maybe they were going to say, well, let's just have elected sheriffs and now law enforcement be under that. But <laughs> that's not what they're saying either. <laughs> uh, and I actually will tell you, I do support uh, that movement. Uh, I believe that all law enforcement should be under an elected official that answers directly to the people of that jurisdiction or that county in that area. Uh, so I have nothing against the police in any way. I was uh, part of a police department, of a city police department. But after I've learned uh, what the Constitutional Republic is all about, I believe that the police departments need to be more answerable to uh, their constituents and to the voters and to the people who actually pay their salaries. And and uh, I will tell you that this whole ridiculous notion of getting rid of police is probably the most anarchical thing I've ever heard in my life uh, because the people who want complete anarchy would love to see that that they could be roaming the streets and looting and burning and stealing uh, and plundering without anybody getting in their way uh, and, and it would really be up to the individual then uh, to be armed and protect their land and, and families uh, without uh, being able to call 911 and that sort of thing, I thought, was what we were trying to avoid in this country, that we wanted law and order, that we wanted peace. And uh, I have to address that, too, because all of this has been brought about by the George Floyd murder. And no one in law enforcement, no one in government supported that or approved of that or condoned it in any way. It was horrible. It was, I, in fact, I could not even watch the, the full eight minutes of that where this officer so callously and uh, uncaringly kept that knee in that man's throat. It, it was something uh, I, I've had uh, nightmares about. I just cannot believe uh, that that man could do such a thing to another man. But uh, in all honesty, uh, these signs of saying no no justice, no peace. In other words, if there's not justice for George Floyd, then there's not going to be any peace and we're going to keep rioting and pillaging and plundering. Uh, and, and even in some cases, committing murder. Yep. Well, Martin Luther King said that violence breeds more violence and that hate will never get rid of hate. And I think we ought to look at his legacy and look what he stood for. And yes, uh, civil disobedience, absolutely. We at the CSPOA, Constitutional Sheriffs 
and Peace Officers Association, we absolutely support civil disobedience. One of my greatest heroes was Rosa Parks, and I am so proud that she stood peacefully against stupid laws in this country. And we have a lot of stupid laws in this country. But we at the CSPOA, we want everyone to understand that we are against all injustice in this country, against any race, any religion, any group of people. We abhor all violence and we abhor all injustice. And we're willing to meet with anybody who wants to peacefully return our country to the land of the free and where justice really is for all of us. Let me let me ask you this, Richard. Let me ask you this because you raised it uh, initially in our uh, in our interview. Uh, I you know one of the criticisms that has gone on regarding um, police chiefs in various cities is that they. Uh, hold back the police because they uh, have to listen to the liberal elected officials because they work for the liberal elected officials. They are appointed by the liberal elected officials. The idea that you raise, which I I support, uh, of uh, a sheriff or an elected official, elected law enforcement officer, responding directly to the people and therefore uh, being independent of the politicians, right. um, tell us a little bit more about that because I, I, you know, I think that 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 would resolve some of the issues uh, that uh, we're looking at, where police are being limited, they're uh, policing, they're enforcing laws with an arm tied behind their backs, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Exactly. That is that is uh, why I bring up the point because a city manager or town manager will be telling the chief of police what to do. And the chief of police is a bureaucrat. He's appointed. And he answers to other politicians or he answers to another bureaucrat. And we don't want that. We want him answering to the people. We pay his salary. And as the sheriff is, and this is a big, huge difference that people might not realize, the sheriff is the only elected law enforcement officer anywhere in the country and anywhere in your state and definitely in your county that puts him in a position, in a political position, which is fine with me, because he answers only to the real power in this country. He answers only to the people. And in the in the United States of America, we bestow all power. We grant all power. We delegate all power to our public servants. And why, that's why we are a constitutional republic, because the people choose, not our politicians, not bureaucrats, but we do, and that would solve a lot of these problems. And it's not—it's not an unrealistic notion to to have all law enforcement under the tutelage of the sheriff because he answers directly to the people. And that's why the Seattle police chief uh, quit, resigned, because she couldn't do her job to protect the people. And the politicians were telling her, "No, you will not enforce." the law. You will not keep law and order in this uh, city the way that you were hired to do. You will now do it the way we say politically because we don't want anyone to know that these riots are going on. If you go out there and stop the riots, then everybody's going to see that in the country. And we think this is just a, a, a 
party and a block party and, and just people uh, getting a little steam off. How ridiculous. And those comments were all made. Yeah. Uh, and right now they're actually trying to vote somebody in who supports that as President of the United States. I, yeah, I mean, we've seen, we've seen some of the sheriffs around the, around the country uh, put their foot down when, uh, when uh, governors... Uh, have said that uh, they have to mandatory, they have to uh, enforce mandatory uh, face mask laws. Right. Yeah, and you know, there's there's over 40 sheriffs in California standing against Governor Newsom. Uh, and there's some standing against Governor Abbott. Yeah. Uh, in Texas. Yep. Uh, and it's sheriffs doing this. You hardly hear of any chief of police doing it because they're always, you know, they know they can be dismissed uh, for any reason or disobey, disobeying orders. And so it's it's really a, a conundrum uh, that we've created in this country and the sheriffs now uh, are in the news almost daily how they're opposing this because they're standing for individual liberty they're standing for freedom and they're standing for the constitution which is what exactly what we swore to do when we took our jobs Amazing. I, you know, I, I have no problem with somebody, some uh, law enforcement official telling me, you know, or reminding me that, uh, you know, I've got to be careful. I've got to, you know, uh, be careful for my health or somebody else's health. But I, I you know, I kind of have a problem when somebody says, you know, we're going to have to arrest you <laughs> because. Well, and they, it, they've done that. And Englewood, Colorado is has actually got their uh, mask covering law. Uh, a twenty-six dollar, twenty-six hundred dollar fine, and a year in jail. Oh my we God. have this idiot city councilwoman in Nashville calling for us to, uh, for them to charge anybody not wearing a mask with attempted murder. Uh, that's how far gone this is, and that's how far the brainwashing in this country has gotten. And I, I can't wait until they now want to make everybody uh, a criminal if you don't take the vaccination. Yeah, well, and, you know, this is just social engineering to get us to that point. Yeah, the other issue that uh, you know has been fascinating is how they tell, how the politicians tell the uh, police department not to cooperate with immigration officials. That's another one. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> that, so that's been going on for years now. But yeah. so uh, pick and, yeah, pick and uh, choose. If I if I really do have freedom in this country, which we don't anymore, but if I did, I would be able to decide for myself whether or not to wear a seatbelt. I would be able to decide for myself where whatever I wear on my face is up to me. And you know what? And we just have to deal with that and live with that. That's You know, people are acting like if I was ever close to someone in a doctor's office or anyplace else, that before it was okay. But now because of the coronavirus, it must be a law that I wear a mask. Yeah. We're gonna. There was we, a threat of that always. Yeah, we we need to uh, to wrap it up here. But uh, Richard, tell tell the folks how they can follow you and tell tell them a little bit about your organization, so we can so we can uh, get folks to uh, be uh, knowledgeable and supportive. Well, everybody can join. Uh, you don't have to be a, a peace officer or a sheriff to be a member. This is a citizen movement and a partnership with sheriffs and peace officers. And so, just go to CS. POA.org, Constitutional Sheriffs Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org, and you can contact us there. And we train sheriffs and peace officers in this country to protect the liberties of everyone in their jurisdictions. Gotcha. Once again, my friends, we've been talking with my good friend uh, Richard Mack, former sheriff in Arizona, 
And uh, thank you for taking time to be with us, Richard. Thanks for having me, George. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. The Answer.